Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. We've made it to Friday. Welcome to the Friday edition of our program as we head into a weekend. Supposed to have some much warmer weather today and this weekend, and that's a good thing. It's been better as the week has went on. Let's hope we can finally get into some real spring-like weather and start to think about the summer ahead. So get away from this winter and cold weather and wind and everything else that we've had. But glad to have you with us today. Uh, It's been another busy off-season week trying to track all of the movements and a lot of recruiting stuff here recently for IU, and it's going to get uh, even busier on that front. Another weekend of evaluation coming up as the IU coaches will hit the road, the Nike EYBL, the Adidas Gauntlet, the Under Armour Circuit. They are all in action this weekend, as are many other tournaments where coaches will be at. But I think you can expect Coach Woodson, the assistant coaches on the road, to be spread out primarily among those three events this weekend. And uh, Sean McNeil, a West Virginia player, coming uh, to IU, coming to Bloomington for an official visit this weekend, a uh, player out of the transfer portal. It's a lot like uh, a high school player. They they sometimes, uh, oftentimes, really take visits as well. And he's got a list of six schools. Indiana is on that list. He's got some other visits that uh, he's going to take soon, I believe, as well. Uh, and he seems like a really intriguing prospect. I know Dexter Dennis uh, was on campus earlier in the week, and he definitely is intriguing as well. But McNeil is a shooter. I went back and saw a little bit of him for West Virginia this season. Uh, his role, I think, really fits Indiana's need uh, for next season. And, of course, that's especially now that Malik Renault and then you know Trace Jackson Davis were to return. That definitely shores up the front court a lot, but uh, I definitely think McNeil's an intriguing prospect, and so I'll be curious what we can find out Monday once his uh, visit today and Saturday uh, comes to an end and see what kind of comments he, he's got to say about his uh, his weekend trip to Bloomington. It's a good week to be there as well, so uh, that uh, that in the backdrop, the, uh, the IU campus here and some good weather and uh, a lot of stuff going on there, that uh, that can't help uh, can't but help uh, the the recruiting situation for IU this weekend. Let's take a look at the show lineup uh, for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany, segment one. We've got some news and notes for this Friday. Malik Renault is now official for the Hoosiers. I mentioned Sean McNeil is going to take an official visit to campus this weekend. We'll talk about those items and more. Also, later in the show, Dylan Wallace of the Seymour Tribune. He's the sports editor there. He'll join us for a chat on IU basketball, the very latest there. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star is back with us on Friday in our final segment each week. 
And uh, we'll look ahead, Mr. Basketball candidates for next season. Kyle had a story earlier in the week where he profiled a lot of those names, so we'll kind of cover that. And uh, we'll catch up on some other things with Kyle when he joins us a little bit later in the show today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder, our daily reminder, the Thornton's text line is open. That number is real simple, 502 502- 414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Remember, it's a text line. Some of you try to call in. It's just a text line. You've got to send a message to it like you would a friend a text message. Uh, but the Thornton's text line, a great way to give questions, topics, uh, things you want to hear about, you want to talk about. Send them in to 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today. For great offers and savings on fuel every day, let's get into some headlines uh, for today. Yesterday afternoon, IU Basketball announcing that uh, Malik Renault was official. He signed his national letter of intent. Uh, IU sent out a brief press release highlighting him in the entire recruiting class. Uh, really, the thing that stood out was the, co- the quote from Coach Woodson. He said, Malik has enjoyed success at the highest level in high school and brings a competitive and winning presence to our program. He's an outstanding player who continues to expand his game. He has great touch and tremendous footwork and uses his quickness to his advantage. He has a great basketball IQ and is an unselfish teammate who has benefited from working with and against some of the very talented players on a daily basis. Defensively, he is well-suited to today's game. He keeps his man in front of him and can step out in pick-and-roll situations and hold his own. We are excited to welcome him and his family to Hoosier Nation. Again, that is Mike Woodson, the uh, quote now that he can officially uh, and legally uh, talk about Malik Renault, his game and his signing and the importance of that as a late addition in the 2022 class to the IU program. So Malik Renault now official. Uh, He will be in Bloomington, I would say, uh, as soon as the summer gets here, if not before. and uh, But he is now officially signed, sealed, and delivered for IU basketball for next season. Also, Sean McNeil, I mentioned this at the top of the show, six foot three guard. He has played for three seasons at West Virginia, has one year of eligibility remaining. He is scheduled to be at Indiana today and conclude. Uh, actually, his visit started yesterday, and his visit concludes at some point later today. He's got six schools On his list, Indiana, one of those schools, Louisville, Ohio State, also Virginia, Cincinnati, and Texas Tech uh, on his list of suitors right now as well. And uh, in uh, in 21-22 last season, McNeil averaged 12.2 points. He shot 36.8% from three-point range, 86.7% from the free throw line, 45.6% from two-point range, and uh, so... Uh, somebody that I think uh, fits some of the needs that this IU roster will have for next season. Again, IU limited on scholarships technically on paper right now. There are no scholarships available for next season if Trace Jackson Davis were to return and now that Malik Renault is committed to the program. But obviously, it's a moving deal. Now, we are approaching the end of April, and with the end of April comes the deadline for players to at least enter the transfer portal. They can still 
come out of the portal and pick schools into May. Uh, there's no issues with that. But uh, I do think we are approaching a point where if anybody's going to leave Indiana outside of TJD, who's in the NBA draft process, we'll find out sooner rather than later. So McNeil on campus this week, coaches on the road. Of course, some will be back with McNeil for the official visit, along with some support staff that can't be on the road. But a busy recruiting-like weekend for IU basketball once again here this spring. And that's really kind of normal for this point of the year. You've got a couple live weekends where you can get out on the road. You've got visits coming in from high school players at times, and now the transfer portal. Those guys, as I mentioned, they, they take visits as well. Uh, so another busy weekend for IU. Also, I thought this was interesting. Dane Fye, former IU player, former IU assistant coach, we all know how that kind of abruptly came to an end last month. Uh, he uh, hasn't really, I don't think, done any interviews or uh, really had much to say about his departure uh, from Indiana other than one tweet that he put out after IU announced that he was uh, leaving the staff. But he did take to Twitter uh, earlier this week when Rob Finnessy committed to Cincinnati. He said, quote, or he tweeted, quote, a healthy Rob is an elite defender at the highest level. Uh, health has also played a huge role in his offensive consistency. The young man can play, play in capital letters. As important, he competes. And again, Dane Fife on Rob Finnessy showing a little affection, a little love for a player he coached. He always seemed to, to build Rob up as well. But kind of giving us some insight that, you know, Rob really did have a number of health issues that came up over the years, including a couple that seemed to stick with him for long periods of time. So when we think back on Rob and his ups and downs and the big shots at times he made and then the other times where you think, what happened to Rob Finnessy? I think health really marred a lot of his time at Indiana. Some serious things, some long-form type things. Uh, but interesting to see Dane Fife take to Twitter to uh, to give him some love. Also, NBA basketball, uh, I'll get more into the playoffs as far as watching them when we get a little further into the playoffs, but uh, kind of pulling for Phoenix. I know they're the favorite. I do think it would be neat to see a different NBA champion again this year. Uh, I like Phoenix. I like uh, – I, I know they've got some injuries right now, so it'll be interesting to see if they can continue to advance. But the reason I bring up the NBA is I've got to talk about OG Ananobi for just a moment. The, Fuj the future – the former Hoosier, excuse me, has been really good for Toronto. In fact, I saw a story from Toronto, one of the papers there last night, that said he's really been the stud of the series and one of the few bright uh, spots on the Toronto offense – He's had 20-plus points in every playoff game so far, uh, shooting a clip of 58.8% when it comes to shooting. And he's also had some big key shots. In fact, he had four of Toronto's six points in overtime the other night. So uh, great to see OG, who is, I think, going to be an NBA lifer. He's solidified himself now at Toronto. He gets lots of minutes. Again, he's taking key shots. Uh, he has really, really turned into a solid NBA player and uh, interesting to see what his future in the NBA looks like. Toronto struggling a bit, although obviously they made the playoffs, uh, but uh, interesting to follow him here in some future seasons and see what happens. One other local note I thought that I would bring up, uh, Sean East committed to Missouri, I think it was last Friday, right after our show went off the air, so that's been neat to see. Uh, him land at Missouri with two years of college eligibility left. Last night or yesterday, Missouri announced that Sean's junior college coach at Logan, 
His name is Kyle Smith-Peters, and he actually joined the show a couple times during this last season to talk about Sean East and Kobe Barnes. Uh, we were trying to follow Logan, a junior college team with some local talent kind of helping lead the way. But Smith-Peters has been named an assistant coach at Missouri. So uh, Sean East is going to head to Missouri with his former junior college coach on the staff. That is an interesting connection. Sean raved about Coach Smith-Peters in the Logan program and what a good year it was for him to use that extra eligibility year uh, from COVID uh, at the JUCO level to get re-recruited. And it seemed to really, really work out well for Sean. So the fact that Smith-Peters is also going to Missouri to be an assistant on Dennis Gates' staff, I think uh, bodes well for Sean East and his future there. But Sean will have two years at Missouri. His former coach, his JUCO coach, Coach Smith-Peters, will be on the sideline with him. One other quick IU football note. I don't think this is a big deal, but Indiana redshirt freshman defensive back Maurice uh, Freeman has entered the transfer portal. Uh, he made his college debut last season at Western Kentucky, appeared in three games, but did not record any statistics uh, last season for IU. He was named the defensive scout team player of the week uh, leading into the opening game of the season at Iowa last year, which I think we all remember that game. So a player maybe that had a role in the future but wasn't getting a role last year, maybe not even much of one this year, but he has entered the transfer portal. And uh, so, again, the portal still uh, still active for college football as well. There's no question about that. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to hear from you. Questions and comments. We'll have them with uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune next. A lot of IU basketball discussion coming up in the next segment. We'll head to a break. We're back after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back here in the Friday segment with Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune with us to talk some IU basketball and uh, a busy time. We've got high school recruiting, a live period this weekend, transfer portal, and some visits coming to the to the IU campus here this week. Dexter Dennis earlier, and then Sean McNeil in the visit in the middle of his visit right now. So a busy time. One thing, uh, Dylan, I want to start with, and I know this comes up regularly, but I think fans are interested. I just had a text on the Thornton's text line about it. Uh, IU technically with no scholarships open if Trace Jackson Davis comes back. And Texter says, is it safe to say that TJD or someone else is leaving since IU is actively bringing in players from the portal for visits? That is an interesting question. I'm not sure that we really know the answer, but what are your thoughts on that, Dylan? It is really interesting because, you know, when you when you think about it, like, so, so Trace has the option to come back, I think, around June 1st, you know, is when he can really make his decision if he wants to stay or wants to go. And then there's transfers who, you know, I think it's the deadline's coming up in May. You know, I think it's May 1st to decide whether or not they want to 
enter the transfer portal or transfer or something like that. So um, it, it's a little bit of a separated kind of deadline for both of those parties. And you, and you have to wonder, you know, does Trace make a decision earlier? I mean, because obviously, you know, we just saw earlier this week a guy like Kofi Coburn, you know, already decided he's going to the NBA. He's not coming back. Uh, we've seen other players withdraw their name from the NBA and come back, like Oscar Sheeway, another example. He got feedback. He's coming back to Kentucky. Um, so does Trace make a decision earlier to make it a little bit easier on Indiana? Because you're right, if if, if he decides to go on, um, they'll they'll probably they'll bring another guy in for sure to to fill that last scholarship spot. But if he comes back, you know, then obviously they don't have a spot to fill. You know, there's always there's always a chance. You know, and and you know you always hate when you when you think about the potential of of maybe having someone move on from the program that you you might not see a future with. To, to bring another guy in if that were the case. Like, if, if Trace came back and Anita wanted to bring in a Dexter Dennis, I'm sure the coaching staff could manage a way to, to open up one more roster spot. Um, but but it's really interesting. Um, I don't I don't think because Anita's still looking at guys that it means Trace is for sure not coming back. Um, I just think they're being smart with it, and they're trying to keep their options open. And, um, you know, obviously it, 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 it's a smart plan because, you know, you, you don't know what feedback Trace is going to get. You don't know what he might decide. So, to have kind of like a relationship built with a guy like Dexter Dennis, you know, guys like that, that if Trace were to say, I'm going to the NBA, okay, now you already have it. You're not trying to panic. You have some room. You you have some guys that you've already talked to, you've had on campus that you can try to bring in um, pretty quickly. So uh, I I don't think it means that he's for sure leaving, um, but I do think the timeline of this is very interesting. Um, Like, do we hear something from Trace a little bit earlier than that June 1st deadline for the NBA guys? Because, you know, Indiana's going to want to try to fill that roster spot probably pretty soon, um, that scholarship pretty soon, depending on what he decides. So uh, that part of it is interesting, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it implies that he's not going to come back. I just think Indiana's getting ahead of the curve here, uh, which is a smart thing to do, obviously. You know, you want to have these relationships with players. You want to have that, uh, you know, guys that you can that you want to bring in. Uh, I know Indiana's pretty high on Dexter Dennis. Um, you know, he seemed to enjoy his visit. I think he just went on another visit to Clemson uh, later in the week, so – uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see. He kind of fits the profile of, of a guy Indiana would want, you know, a really good defender and athletic guy to have on the perimeter. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be interesting for sure to kind of see how this timeline plays out. That's the thing I'm most curious about, you know, does do the decisions come earlier than we maybe think from the deadline just because, you know, you, you want to try to fill that last scholarship spot. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Sean McNeil is on campus now. Uh, I talked a lot about him in the first segment today, and I ask Alex Bozich yesterday, Dexter Dennis or Sean McNeil, if you're an IU fan and as someone that follows the program that knows the needs of this team, uh, who do you want most if you can only have one of those guys? And you would think that given the scholarship situation right now, Indiana uh, can't take both. Who knows? But I, I lean McNeil because of his shooting abilities. I think Alex went with Dexter Dennis because of all around what he can bring, especially defensively. We know Mike Woodson has really keyed uh, things with defense in his time so far. But what what are your thoughts, McNeil or Dennis, if it came down to one or the other? So I would go with Dennis because I think it's valuable to have a guy who can do multiple things. Um, we We saw kind of what happened last year when Indiana brought in shooters, and we're talking about Parker Stewart, Miller Cobb, guys who came here to shoot the ball. And, you know, Parker Stewart, I mean, I think he lived up to his shooting, but that was kind of all he could do. He, he couldn't take guys off the bounce. He couldn't create for himself. And when you bring a guy like Dennis in, sure, he might not be as good of a shooter as Sean McNeil, but, you know, when you when you kick it out to him, he can, he can attack a closeout. He can get to the rim. He can do other things. And he can be a positive on the defensive end. That, that's a known fact. 
And I think his his sh- his shot. I mean, I think he has a good looking jump shot, and I think he can be a decent shooter when he gets open looks, which Indiana is going to try to create um, with the offense they're going to run. So I would just rather have a guy who can do a little bit more with the ball in his hands. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah, you know, like I said, I mean, he's not a great, as good of a shooter as Sean McNeil is, but he he can, he can attack the closeout. He can make it be, maybe be that second side driver. He can get into the paint. He can kind of break a defense down. And and that's what Indiana missed uh, last year. You know, when when Xavier Johnson was the only guy who was able to get into the paint, attack off the dribble, and he did kick it out. You know, Parker Stewart and Miller Cobb couldn't really do anything other than just catch and shoot, and that kind of hurt the offense a bit. Even though they were good shooters, defenses just stuck on them because they knew they weren't going to blow by them. So I think I would rather value the guy who, you know, although maybe not the, not a better shooter than McNeil, can do other things with the ball in his hands. Because I think that's what Indiana needs most. They need guys who can dribble the ball and be able to handle it themselves and kind of get into the paint, attack a closeout, like I said, you know, get past guys and, and do and you know, create things for themselves. That's what I think that Indiana desperately needs. Um, and if the shooting is slightly down a bit, I mean, I think they'll be able to generate enough open shots when you have guys who can do those kinds of things like David Johnson did last year to be able to attack the paint and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Indiana hasn't been a good shooting team in a while, so the appeal with McNeil is with there, and I think it would be a good addition if he were to come to Indiana. But I think I would just prefer a guy who can probably do a little bit more with the ball in his hands than just shoot. So I would go with Dennis personally. And, I mean, like, I mean, like you mentioned, like we've said, I mean, defensively he'd also be a major addition as well. Yeah, no question. Dylan Wallace talking IU basketball and recruiting. Uh, Malik Renault official uh, with the program. The national letter of intent was signed yesterday, which means we got the uh, quote from Mike Woodson where he can actually talk about the prospect now uh, that things are signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, Coach Woodson normally has some pretty quick comments on recruits, but he covered a lot of ground. I know I'm making a lot probably of a quote from Coach, but uh, he covered a lot of ground in his thoughts on Renault yesterday that just, I think to me, just that little paragraph from him reinforces what we've seen, what we've heard, what we think, that Malik Renault is someone that can come in and contribute right away on day one. It's going to be really interesting, I guess a two-part question, your thoughts on that, number one, and number two, going to be really interesting with who's back for next season, at least that we know of so far, and who's coming in, specifically Renault and Hood Shafino, uh, big-time recruits in the 2022 class. How it all works out with playing time and who's going to have what role because uh, these freshman guys, I know that they've been used to developing uh, at, at a school like Montverde where they're loaded in the senior class every single year. So as underclassmen, they probably didn't get the time that they would have at a public high school or somewhere else. But uh, those guys are, are ready, I think, to contribute and help. But there's going to be a lot of uh, decisions as far as how to use some of this talent that's there next year, especially if Trace is back again. I know that was uh, when he committed. I was like, "Wait, there's starting to be a lot of guys on the roster who you who you you know you would want to get playing time." And and how do you kind of balance that? Um, you know, you you want the guys like Geronimo, Trey Galloway, Anthony Lowe. You want these guys to develop. You want Tamar base. You want these guys to develop, but you're also bringing back a Race Thompson, Xavier Johnson. Um, you know, we'll see about Trace, but obviously, if those three come back, I mean, those three, the, you know, they're kind of your three pillars that you're going to build upon, and you're going to try to have guys play around them. 
Um, but I think you're absolutely right. I mean, and, and also, you know, in addition to Hood Shafino and, uh, and, and, and Renault, I mean, you got CJ Gunn, you got Caleb Banks. I mean, those are also, you know, two pretty good prospects that are going to be coming in. Um, you know, maybe they don't see the floor as early as some of the other guys, but I mean, still pretty good prospects that I think other guys are, are, or other people are pretty excited about. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think Hood Shafino and Renault, um, you know, I just think their their body is ready to come in and play right away. And and that's some things with, with high school kids coming up. You know, you think, okay, you look at them and you're like, all right, you know, we don't know. You know, they might need to spend a, a year or two in the training program to kind of get their body right. I mean, this is an example of Christian Lander coming out. I mean, he just looked a little small to some people. And, uh, I'm you know, I'm not comparing the situations, but I'm just saying when you look at Huchifino and, and Renault, I mean, you just – they just look like they could fit on a Big Ten floor. They could play in college right now. Um, so that's a, that's an exciting piece of it. Um, and I do agree with you. I mean, you know, we don't want to take too much away from just, you know, a, a, a comment in a press release. But I just thought it was interesting, you know, the comment from Woodson saying, you know, he keeps his man in front of him and can step out in a pick-and-roll situa- situations and hold his own. Like, you know, you don't you don't usually get so too detailed about guys in these kind of recruits. It's just kind of like, oh, you know, we're excited about this guy coming into the program and he can – be a great addition, all, all that kind of stuff. But I, I, that detail from Woodson about, you know, what he can do in the pick and roll, stuff like that, um, it, it, it was pretty interesting for sure. And it kind of makes you a little bit excited that obviously they're very high on him, um, and, as they should be. He's a really good player. Um, and, and, you, and you're going to expect him to probably contribute pretty early in his career uh, uh, this, this coming fall. And, and winter and stuff like that. And I think, I think depending on how much he plays or how much his role is, um, probably factors a lot about how, you know, if Trace comes back, you know, if, if Trace comes back, it might be a little bit less. If, he, if he's not coming back, then, you know, Rome might have a little bit of a bigger role. So um, that's going to be interesting for sure. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, how the coaching staff kind of manages his playing rotation because we, we saw from last year, um, you know, Woodson likes, he likes the starters and he likes experience. Um, you know, I, I, I remember last year on, on senior night, he, he said, you know, I, I wanted to go with my seniors. I wanted to trust them. So he likes experience. Um, hopefully that doesn't kind of take anything away from these young guys coming up that you want to develop. Um, so it's, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see, you know, how they kind of spread out this, their rotation, their minutes, because um, they, they have a lot of talented players that I think a lot of people want to see certain guys and how they could fit in for this Indiana team. And, uh, you know, that's, that's Cody Steph's job to figure that out. So it's going to be really, really interesting. And uh, I think, you know, the, the biggest elephant in the room is just whether or not Trace comes back because that probably factors in a lot of kind of the front court rotations. It factors in a lot about Renault, Geronimo, maybe a, a Logan Duncombe even, you know, may, maybe a Caleb Banks. It kind of factors in, you know, what those guys might be able to do. So um, that's going to be really interesting, as you said. And uh, there, there's a lot of guys who – who have probably been promised a lot of playing time, so it's going to be uh, we're going to that's going to be a thing to track and follow for sure. All right, Dylan uh, Trace Jackson Davis testing the NBA waters. Um, I wonder when I, I, the NBA Combine. I know that number I think changes as far as how many invites are given each year based on the class. I believe I think it was sixty-eight or sixty-nine players a year ago that received an invitation to do that. That obviously could change his uh, trajectory because you've only got to play well in front of the right guy or two during that to maybe see your stock, especially in the second round, really move up. I wonder when we know when those invites go out. I would have to think it's in the next few weeks uh, because I think, and again, I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all with Trace, but to me, if he doesn't receive a combine invite and there are 65, 70 players 
that get invites, that's not a good sign for him this year in the NBA, especially when you factor the opportunity at Indiana and the NIL opportunity to make money coming back to college basketball as opposed to missing the second round and going overseas, even though he could make some good money over there. I think uh, NIL's really picking up and will be more used, more available to guys at his level uh, next year, this coming season in college basketball. Uh, is an NBA combine kind of yes or bust for Trace as far as NBA goes? I would imagine because, I mean, if you don't get that invite, uh, it probably means you you might not get drafted at all, um, and and that's kind of the point of of him trying to see. I think he wants to hear his name called on NBA draft night, which is a, a really awesome thing. But if if he's not invited to that that combine, it, it's probably not looking too bright for him. And I would think he would probably opt to come back to Indiana. I mean, you, you just look at a guy. You know, I brought him up a little earlier, Oscar Sheaway from Kentucky. I mean, a couple of days ago he announced he's coming back to UK. And this is a guy who. Basically announced or basically won, you know, every award possible from this past season. Um, but he didn't get he, he he wasn't projected to be in the lottery, and he said he wanted to be a lottery pick, and so he decided to come back. And I think NL NIL plays a big role in that because I I think I saw that you know he could potentially earn up to like two million dollars in NIL deals this upcoming season at Kentucky, um, which is just an, an absurd amount. Um, for for a guy like that, I mean, it, it's a really awesome opportunity for him. But I, I think it just shows kind of the impact of this is that instead of going pro and taking a shot to maybe you know get a G League contract or maybe you'll go overseas to try to get on a training camp roster or something like that, you know, you really have the opportunity to come back to college and make just as much money or maybe more than you would if you tried to you know find your way onto an, an, an NBA roster. So. Uh, that, that'll probably be a big impact, uh, you know, for Trace's decision as well. Because, like you said, if, if he's not one of those guys that's invited to the combine or he's not, you know, being projected to where he is or if certain guys tell him, you know what, you know, we, we don't think we would take you here or whatever, um, he, he'll probably opt to come back. And, you know, I, I think I think Trace, is, I think he enjoys being in Indiana for sure. Um, you know, obviously when, when Malik Renault committed, he, he tweeted, like, great day to be a Hoosier. So, obviously, I mean, he, he still loves – by uni, I think he want. I think he wouldn't mind coming back either. So uh, it's just going to depend a lot about kind of the feedback he gets. Um, and you know, it, it, we all look at the math draft. We've all seen things. It doesn't seem like he's he's high up on anyone's board. Um, it seems like he'd be a late second rounder, if anything, if he was drafted. So um, it's going to be interesting to see, and we'll see how he does in his workouts. But I mean, um, I, I would expect a decision maybe in the next couple of weeks for sure. I mean, I, I don't expect Trace Trace to stretch it out to to June 1st, that deadline at all. I mean, I think he'll, he'll have his mind made up pretty early because, I mean, these guys get feedback. Like I said, Shibway decided a couple days ago that he was going to come back. So, um, you know, I think I think we'll probably find out a little bit earlier than that June 1st deadline, uh, which is a good thing for Indiana fans because I know everyone wants to know what Trace is going to do. All right, uh, Dylan, coaches will be out this weekend, so I know we'll have a lot to update on recruiting next week. NBA playoffs, also another big weekend here, fairly early for the NBA uh, I got to give, I mentioned OG Ananobi a little earlier in the show today. Got to give him another little mention. He he has been a real bright spot for the Ra- Raptors. And it's amazing now to think back about how long ago it's been really uh, since he was in Bloomington. But his uh, his NBA career has become a very consistent one. And I'm not sure that he's ever going to be the star, but maybe you could call him the star of the series for Toronto. He's had another really good NBA season. Yeah, I mean he he's been their. I think you could argue he's might have been he's might have been their most impactful player in this series against Philadelphia right now. 
Um, you know, he's he's just producing at a, at a really high rate. Um, he's scoring. I feel it feels like he's scoring twenty a game every time uh, in these first couple of playoff games he's had. And you know, he's a really big piece of the team. You know, I saw this stat uh, during the regular season. It was something ridiculous where like the Raptors with OG on the floor just had like a significantly better record than when he was out, you know, if he was injured or wasn't playing. Um, so he's obviously a, a big piece. He's a great two-way player. Everyone knows that. I mean, man, it does feel like a while because, man, OG was – it was my freshman year of college when he was – it was his final year at IU. And I remember, you know, watching him play. Um, that, that team started out the season so good. Uh, they were ranked like number three in the country. And then he got hurt. Um, and and it, everything kind of fell off the rails from there. But, I mean, he's always been a really good player. And I remember, you know, when the Raptors took him at 23, I mean, ever since he's been in the NBA, he's just gotten better every single year. Um, you know, I think he's developed very well. Uh, he's one of the, the Raptors' best players, uh, like you said. And, you know, he's having a really good playoffs right now. Um, you know, hopefully they're trying to avoid the sweep, though, unfortunately, because, you know, Philadelphia and Joel Embiid, uh, a, really, a really big problem uh, to deal with. You know, they had, he had that game winner against uh, – against him in Toronto a couple day, a couple nights ago. So uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's been awesome. Um, I know Juwan Morgan hasn't played, but uh, he's, he's, he's been able to be a part of that Celtics run right now. They're up two over Brooklyn, so that's good for him. Oladipo hasn't got in, but, you know, he's on that Miami team as well, who's up 2-0 against Atlanta. So a couple of you guys, you know, representing in the playoffs right now. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the playoffs. I just got to say I'm, I'm going to Bulls-Bucks game three tonight. I'm a big Bulls fan, and I cannot wait, man. I am I am so pumped. First Bulls playoff game, and uh, I hope they can steal another one and go up 2-1-1. I'm on Milwaukee, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, enjoy that. That's obviously at the United, <laughs> United Center, right? Yep, yep, yeah, yes, it is. Have have fun with that. All right, uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, always appreciate your time uh, to have a run with you on Fridays, and uh, we'll recap things again next week. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, Dylan Wallace with us uh, every Friday to talk IU basketball and some football uh, at times, and even with Dylan now that he's down here in southern Indiana at Seymour, we'll, we'll get into some of the high school stuff from – from time to time, that's for sure. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star on an early look at the Mr. Basketball race for next season. The live period this weekend. Where are the big events? Where are the better players, the IU prospects? Because that's where Coach Woodson and the IU coaches will likely be. Stay with us. Kyle Neddenrip is next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday edition of the program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Kyle, it's going to be another busy weekend for grassroots AAU shoe circuit basketball, and college coaches will be on the road. This is the second and final evaluation period of the spring. There will be no further evaluation opportunities for college coaches until later in June and, of course, busy month for them in July as well. The shoe circuits are in full effect this week. There's some local action once again, so 
some great basketball coming to the area. Where can we expect to see Mike Woodson, IU assistance, and uh, who's going to be playing where, where, where these uh, coaches are going to be flocking to? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be up at uh, the UIBL uh, tonight and uh, probably a couple more times throughout the weekend. But, uh, you know, and that'll be, you know, DJ Wagner is, is probably the, you know, the, the number one player in the 2023 class, you know, if you're, if you're looking at, uh, you know, potential players to watch. And I know, you know, down there, that's a big story with, uh, you know, the Kentucky uh, Louisville uh, situation, you know, could Louisville possibly get in for him with his, his grandfather played there obviously in the, in the eighties and, you know, he's got that connection to Calipari obviously. So, you know, that's a, you know, I think that'll be a intriguing guy to watch tonight. And, and, uh, and then of course the, uh, Indy heat team, uh, will be playing in the second, I think the seven thirty game or whatever that slot is seven forty five. Uh, you know, they're playing team takeover tonight. And then, uh, and then, uh, Bronny James's team actually plays at nine fifteen. So, uh, you know, maybe a LeBron sighting. He was here a couple of years ago for a, for a tournament. And, you know, I, I know he obviously travels around and, uh, you know, watches his son play. So should be, should be fun up there tonight. There's three, basically three sessions of games. And like you said, this is an open weekend for coaches, the second one of April. So, uh, you know, it should be fun to see what the uh, situation is up there tonight. All right, uh, a lot of good basketball this weekend. Kyle, it's amazing to me, the, the shoe circuits and how they have changed grassroots basketball in the last number of years. The shoe circuits for years have played an impact. They've played a role. But you look at uh, getting the best teams together four or five weekends a year, a handful of those weekends are in front of college coaches. It's really, I guess in some ways, for the big schools, the high major schools, the Big Ten schools, IU, it's had to have simplified schedules for where coaches need to be. There's always somebody that's a sleeper or someone whose team is independent, and maybe they are not They are not in one of these circuits, and coaches have to seek out their schedule in different tournaments they're playing in. But I just think it's, you know, 10 years ago compared to now, uh, gosh, it's got to be a lot easier to know where college coaches need to be at and spread out and get everything covered in one weekend. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to find stuff now too. I mean, the websites and the, you know, the, uh, kind of the streamlining of, you know, putting schedules out and it used to be where you'd be tracking coaches down or, you know, what time, you know, and also the, just kind of the setup, you know, there's not as much, it used to be where you guys, you could play, I don't even know how many games you could play on Sunday a lot. You know, you, you just kind of just keep playing as long as you went and they had a big bracket and you'd have to win, you know, I would, you know, I don't want to, you know, embellish it, but it seemed like five games basically on Sunday to win the, to win the bracket. So he'd be playing all, you know, all day pretty much to just keep playing game after game. But now it's not, you know, it's kind of set up differently where I think the maximum you can play is, you know, four or five games on a weekend. A lot of those times that, that counts a Friday night game too. So, you know, it's, I think just to, uh, you know, make it a little bit easier on bodies and not, you know, just grinding out so many games in a, in a weekend, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think become easier to track and, and, uh, you still have some kids bouncing from team to team and, and some of that's good. I think maybe you find out, Hey, I'm not going to play much on this team. I can go play for somebody else, uh, you know, for a better opportunity, but, you know, so there's still some of that. I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world, but, uh, you know, but I, you know, it is easier to find kids and, you know, it's still hard to know exactly what the rosters look like, but uh, I think for coaches, it's, it's a heck of a lot easier now than it was, like you said, 10, 10, 12 years ago. 
All right, uh, talking with Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, you had a good piece on the Indy Star website in the paper as well earlier this week about the Mr. Basketball race and early look at things for next season. Uh, give us an overview of what you wrote and maybe who some of the standouts are for uh, that coveted award a year from now. Yeah, well, I, and I actually had a piece today on uh, Xavier Booker, who's part of that, uh, you know, part of that race. And I think he's maybe the, you know, maybe the most uh, talented, I would say, or maybe highly recruited in that class. And, and now that he's got a state championship under his belt and the way he played really down the stretch of the season, I think uh, maybe puts him, I don't know if he's in the driver's seat necessarily. I think sometimes it's hard, harder for big guys than it is for, um, guards when they don't have the ball in their hand quite as much but you know I, I think he's definitely put himself in in the mix at the very least and then there's a few other guys that you know are different levels of you know I, I kind of thought early in the season like you know Logan Imes from Zionsville was kind of putting his his name out there as maybe the front runner and then he had an ankle injury and they didn't uh, kind of finish the season probably as strongly as they could have uh, but still I think he's a guy that that you know he's headed to Penn State he had you know, some, uh, you know, some other high major offers. And I, I think he's a guy, and he is a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot, plays point guard for that Zionsville team and, you know, shoots it really well. And, and uh, like I said, had that team ranked number one early in the season. So I think he's one, <clears throat> he's definitely one that you would look for. Uh, Joey Hart down there at Linton Stockton, I think is another one. Uh, his numbers are really good. He's already uh, over, I think, 1100 something points uh, on the season. And, you know, has some offers. Northwestern's is one of the schools that have offered him, and uh, he's a, a core a junior all-star. And you can kind of look at the core junior all-stars, I think, to kind of find, uh, you know, find those names too. But Miles Colvin, who's headed to Purdue, uh, maybe the maybe the most explosive and talented kid in that class. Uh, they, The thing that hurts him right now is they were only a 500 team this season. So, you know, going into next year, he's probably going to have to do more, uh, you know, winning as a team. You know, it's hard when you don't get out of that sectional, uh, especially when you're in kind of some of the smaller, uh, you know, classes. So, you know, I think, but he, I think he's a, he's a guy definitely in that mix. Marcus Burton from Penn is a name that people might not know as much about. Um, uh, Ball State offered him right before uh, the coaching staff changed there, but uh, you know, he's a guy. I think that you know, when you look at his efficiency numbers and. You know he's he's a very talented kid uh, who had a lot of team success this year. They played in the 4A regional, won I think 24 games. Uh, shoots it really well from the three point line. Uh, so I think he's a guy that uh, and he broke the school's uh, single season scoring record this year. So uh, definitely I put him in that in that mix as well. But I think those are probably the five I would say. And Amir, Amir Carson from Anderson who wasn't named to the Indian All Star uh, Junior Team. Uh, who I thought probably should have been, but, you know, I think he's in the same boat. You know, when I look back to last year, like Ryan Conwell and uh, Connor Asijan, you know, it was only 12 player junior team last year, but those guys didn't make it and uh, did make it this year. So that, it's not always the biggest indicator necessarily the junior team. Uh, but, you know, I think he's a guy that probably should have been on there, especially with 18 players, but, you know, there's, there's quite a few, I think it's, it's similar uh, in that it's a little bit more wide open uh, and it's a deeper class, I think, too. I think there's some guys that, you know, maybe we don't even put on the list yet who could emerge as potential, uh, you know, members of that group that, that could make a run at it. Uh, that Just because 2023 has got a lot of really good to 
you know, quality players that I think could kind of bust, you know, bust through there. But, you know, J.Q. Roberts is another one. Bloomington North, he's probably worth mentioning. And, uh, you know, uh, Zane Doty from Ben Davis is another big guy. I'm going to see him play tonight. But he's uh, six foot nine or so and, and starting to get some more. Got Miami of Ohio offered him probably a, at least a mid-major uh, type of player. And he's, he's a guy who hasn't played a lot of basketball really uh, growing up. So, uh, guys like that always get a lot better too as they move along. So yeah, you can check that out. I put a lot of names on there, but uh, those are some of the some of the top ones in my opinion. All right, uh, let's close out with coaching jobs this off season. I know there have been a handful I've seen come open in the Indianapolis area where you're focused, but here in Southern Indiana, we've got Jeffersonville open, Floyd Central open. Those are the two big ones. Uh, you don't always see two big four A job jobs open in the same off season. Uh, how's it been around the state as far as coaching uh, changes and coaches getting out? A, a sense that some of the guys that have been in it for a long time are uh, are calling it a career or retiring or will be in future seasons. It kind of feels like uh, down here a real changing of the guard. What are you seeing across the state? And thoughts on Jeff and Floyd Central being open at the same time in one off season? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I you know, it it always feels like there is a lot, and then you look back and it's like, well, you know, maybe there wasn't quite as many as you thought, or you know, maybe there's a domino effect that 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 job wouldn't have come open if this other one didn't, you know, and then you had, then it kind of creates a chain of of events uh, that otherwise maybe wouldn't have. But yeah, I mean, the the biggest one obviously up here is Jack Kiefer uh, leaving <clears throat> Lawrence North, and uh, you know, it was bound to happen at some point, and. You know, I think Jack felt like, you know, going out with this senior group was probably the, the way to go. And I know he thought about it last year uh, after they'd made it to the state finals and decided to, uh, you know, C.J. Gunn coming back. Omar Cooper was coming off the injury. And, and uh, you know, he said Coach Shashevsky uh, actually ran into him and he said, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, you know, give it one more year. And that's kind of what he did. And and uh, turned out they had another uh, good year. I thought he did a good job with that team and they were – you know, made it to the state, the the sectional championship game, and we're playing well at the end of the season. But yeah, when you see names like you know Keeper go out, and then uh, Todd Howard, who was uh, obviously coached at IUPUI for a long time, and then uh, went to uh, you know coach at Burbuff for eight years, and and he got and ended up uh, deciding to get out of it. So you know that creates a you know obviously a situation. I think where both those schools have assistants who would be interested in the job, but um, you know maybe they have some other coaches with more experience so I think that's something you're looking at too but you know really you you guys down there with Jeffersonville and and uh you know having that job open Floyd Central obviously with uh with Todd Sturgeon you know Evansville Wrights you know with uh, Michael Adams who'd been there for a long long time and I talked to him at the state finals and, and he kind of felt like it was just time uh for him to get out so you know it's it's uh you know when you lose that much experience you know it's just uh you know it's it's a lot of you know um, you know, years of coaching and, and things, and you know a lot of a lot of good coaches who are who are uh, you know stepping down. I think we'll see maybe a couple more, but um, but we'll see. I mean, it's this kind of the time for that to happen. And you know, people always ask, "Oh, what do you do during April?" It's like, well, I cover a lot of coaching changes. Always, <laughs> so there's always a lot of that going on. So uh, there's there's definitely uh, no shortage again this year. Yeah, very interesting stuff. Uh, Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star. With us Fridays, Kyle, I know you'll be out and about at some of this big basketball activity over the weekend, so enjoy that, and we'll talk with you next week.
Absolutely. Thanks a lot for having me on, Matt. All right, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He joins us Fridays, a lot of basketball, a lot of recruiting and more. And again, it's going to be a very busy weekend coming up for college coaches and on the grassroots basketball scene. Have a great weekend. I think we're supposed to get good weather, maybe some rain coming in early next week, but enjoy a warm weekend. Thunder over Louisville on Saturday night. Not far away from the Kentucky Derby, so a fun time here in Kentuckiana. That'll wrap it up for the week. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.